Hey, you guys, and welcome to the Steel Wars Hyper Chat. We are having our virtual, virtual celebration here across the globe and on this fine afternoon, where I am anyway, it might be, I know it's morning in Australia, and I know it's very late at night where our esteemed guest is joining us from, our old buddy. In these challenging times, we need a positive, fun-filled friend like our boy, Star Wars creature performer, extraordinaire. He's been to Mars's castle. He's been to the spice mines of Kessel. Welcome back to the show, Details. What's up? <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. Good, Good to see you. Good to be seen. Good to be seen, man. How how are you doing? I'm good. I'm very good. And it's and it's 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 really weird. I'm chatting to you today because it was only last week I was listening to your podcast with Sam, which was absolutely amazing. Ah, nice. Yes, oh. that was um, that was and and this is a compliment, huge compliment, very detail esque, in that oh. it was just just joyous to hear of uh, someone you know so cool having such a like a fun and sort of enthusiastic experience on on the set of star wars what what sort of memories did that that jog oh so many you know it's it's really weird because you you just assume we're all in a big melting pot and we all just know what each other are doing and things like that but everything is so compartmentalized on one of those sets I think it's it's good in a way, but at the same time, no one knows what anybody else is shooting, you know, and um, Sam, bless her, she, you know, she says she's an extra and things like that, but she, I, I realised she was more than that when I, when I met her on set, like I didn't meet her until Rogue One, but we met in the alleyway um, on, on that set, and um, you can tell when someone, yeah, I know, <laughs> you can tell. You yeah, you, can you tell. met... You met in the space alleyway. Yes, yes. Um, when a droid droid meets a, a stormtrooper, um, but it, yeah, I could tell then she actually knew a lot more about how to shoot and what it was like working on the set with the different departments, especially creatures. Um, I remember um, uh, I kept bumping into her just when we were talking when we were planning and walking through the cross crossovers. Like I cross. I crossed either before her or after or something like that. And the second and the first AD or second AD came over to try and organize it. And then she just said, who's in that suit? <laughs> I said, D. And she goes, oh, it's Sam. <laughs> right? and, and, and we literally had met and had a chat on the hundredth episode when um, I, uh, in London. Yes. When, when I was on the stage with you. Yeah. So it was weird, but she was absolutely front row right and you obviously snoke was right at the back (laughs) it's like it's like this show keeps on giving you know it just it just keeps on giving but but that um, wasn't fair because afterwards you said oh you know um i didn't want to point him out at the time (laughs) you know snoke was in the audience now i'm like i'm like (laughs) come on and that was the first weekend we had the stickers and everything so it was we're we're riding high 
And um, I, I, I'm just I'm just glad I was able to keep it inside long enough to be able to give you that moment. Like, what? <laughs> oh no! But you did end. So D did the hundredth podcast at at Celebration Europe, which was in London, and we did it on the floor. Like we were sort of like a exhibitor sort of thing, and and there was all these seats, and and so people would sort of gather around, and it, it formed this really like cool little like sort of st- amphitheater there was all the people on the seats then people yeah. sort of stood and it sort of blocked in the noise it was quite good and he did tell this story and you can go back episode 100 when he got to walk on the millennium falcon and there was there was barely a dry eye in the house <laughs> so that was a pretty good way to end the podcast but a <laughs> better way would have been to do that story and then go, all right, that's it. And there's Snoke. And then, and just run off. <laughs> well, well, that hadn't been established at that point. It really mm. hadn't been established. It was like these little gems, these little seeds that were growing, just happened to be in your audience that were growing. But so, um, yeah, I met Sam. And, and Sam kind of um, directed, uh, directed our, our little crossover. So we didn't need the first or second AD. And it was like, she totally understood that I could barely see. I totally understood that she could barely see, but she could see more than I was. Cause I had, I was just looking across at the alleyway and it was just dark and there were just people, a few people over there. At least she could see from one end to the other. And um, that's when I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, and because not, not everybody gets that and not everybody mm-hmm. can contribute to, um, uh, that little bit of choreography that's needed on a set. So, yeah, and I, I like it. Straight it's it, amazing. It's the blind leading the blinder. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> a droid putting his trust in a in a, in a stormtrooper. Yeah, in this day and age. Now, um, Sam had the big revelation on the set of the Rise of Skywalker where nice. she got the Palpatine reveal. Poe oh. revealed that Palpatine yeah. was back and, and, and the cast was like, oh. did, 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 you ever, did you ever have a moment like that where something was sort of, someone walked on stage or mentioned someone and you were just like, hang on, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I told you about it at some point. I must have, but it was... Um... Like during that period of time when Harrison had, had broken his leg, you know, um, JJ was getting as much footage as he could of Maz's castle in case they needed to reshoot um, from different angles or add things or anything like that. So it was all kind of done. So we wouldn't have to go back to that set to a, to a point. Um, and it was that week when Harrison turned up, man. It was just like, everyone was, it was like, You know, and, it, and it was, it was momentous. And um, so had my, you, had you a, not seen him on set before? No, no one. Well, I, I, none, of the, none of the creatures that I'm aware of in Massey's castle had seen him. Okay. So that would be like, right. Saturday afternoon, you're playing Star Wars. And every, you've got all the best toys. Like yeah. someone's dad's bought, built them a diorama. It's so sick. And then Harrison Ford actually rocks up to like, yeah, I'm going to play Star Wars with you guys as well. Like that's, 
Like how much? That just changed the realness of it. Just like, oh no, this is Star Wars. Yeah. But I mean, he just rocks up and he is Han Solo. We're on a set of Star Wars. There is no other character he can play. He could possibly be other than Han Solo. And and JD was was toying around with um the whole bit where where Maz says um Han Solo and the reactions. So there was one bit that was recorded where I looked over my shoulder um and he was there. But when I actually looked over at rehearsal, he was there, right? <laughs> and I'm wearing, I'm wearing this face. Um, thankfully, that's hiding my face and with a big smile on it. And he just gives me that wry smile and that, that, little, that little nod. Oh. And I was just like, I'm like, I turned back as cool as cucumber in, under, 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 my, under my mask thinking, that's Hans Solo. That's Hans Solo. You know, and then, and, and then oh, on The Last Jedi, I think I told you also, I was watching the monitors and... Um, and this guy comes up behind me and, and, and says, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says, that they look really, really cool. That's really, really cool. And I turn around and it's, and it's uh, Mark Hamill, it's Luke Skywalker. Right? And, and I'm stood there. And you're like, are you allowed to talk on this set? Because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it was kind of just offset, you know. And <laughs> And then that's you know, and then that's when I I just, the only thing that I could I could talk about without drool without drooling and blubbering all over the place is oh yeah half of those guys can't see so I was able to de- describe to him who could see who couldn't see and they got someone in their ear telling them and then that's when he said oh I could do I could do with someone in my ear from time to time talking to me tell me where to go you know <laughs> and then um and then you know and then he said okay I've got to be off and I think that's when all the eyes started being aware that he was on set. And and then he left, and I'm and I'm stood there like, I just I just I just met Luke Skywalker. I just met, you know, and I, there was no warning. There was no warning. Nor should there be. No, no. But but you see, that's why I could relate to to, to some of the stories that Sam was telling. But Sam was on some films that I was on, experiencing different things because her department were on different scenes. I only had yeah, like, yeah. one or two scenes in any of these films. And so um, when I'm hearing that, it's like, oh my, yeah, I'm taken back. I'm like, yeah, 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 I get that. And I, I remember seeing one or two of these stormtroopers. I remember seeing that bit of that set and, and things like that. And having that kind of window into, oh, yeah, here's a sneak peek. This is what we saw on that set. It was, it was amazing. And, 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 um, and Sam, you know, it's, she, does more, she's, she does more than, than she wants to give herself credit for, right? You can't just be a stormtrooper. You can't just be an X-Wing pilot unless you get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, not all the extras get it. It's like you put them in a costume, what do I do? And they, and they, they get placed, right? But from being a stormtrooper <laughs> to, to, to knowing what creatures are all about and, and moving creatures out of the way and stuff, things like that, let alone... Um, uh, uh, civilians and and things like that it's no yeah 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 um, yeah much love much love to say much love. she's the best she is yes. the best um speaking of the best we should um i know you're a big fan uh uh-huh. as i was of uh chadwick boseman um i know i think i remember seeing photos of of you going with maybe your nephew to see 
Black yeah. Panther. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Um, how are you feeling, buddy? Well, the first thing that has, has to come out of my mouth is, is Wakanda forever. And Chadwick Boseman, still love you. Still love you. I am, it's, it's, you know, it's, I don't believe that um, when you die, it's, it's, it's all over. I believe this. He's still, he's, still, he's still around, whether it's here or elsewhere. But a um, lot of love and a lot of thanks. Um, it's, it's, ama- it's amazing to, to be living through this period in time where superhero movies are being made and um, a story as such as the Black Panther is, is included. You know, um, and especially the way that they included it, and uh, his journey is just so humbling. Let alone what he was going through during during a lot of those those moments. You know, um, but I remember seeing was it James Brown's story and um, another baseball movie that he was in years ago. Um, but just to follow a, 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 an individual's career, it's kind of like you know when you look at. Um, Chris Evans and you're seeing his career and it's wow and he gets there and and Chadwick was 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 in that lineup you know and he will forever be seen as being in that lineup and always known as the original Black Panther and um yeah I, I made a comment to them on Facebook and it, and it, it stands it's sometimes Facebook can be hard to look at yeah you know when you're when you're seeing the news like that you know um how did you take it uh it's just, mm. it, it's just so tough when people lose someone that they got such inspiration from and to see how many people drew inspiration from him and the character he played and what he brought to the character and how well he played it and yeah. like that whole... I feel like Black Panther, the movie and in the whole sort of Marvel universe, it's sort of meta, like the success of the film means something with the message of the film as well. Sure, um, sure. And, and, and with, you know, like um, superheroes of colour have, have sort of, you know, being so, you know, the, you know, people would, you know, there's no money in it, whatever, but yeah. how people came out for that and supported it. And then the message that's in the film and like, just all that made this big meta thing that this film became more important than it's a superhero. Like, do you know what I mean? There yeah. was, it was sort of like, yeah. um, and I was talking about it last night on the stream, just, the the passion and the enthusiasm when they first showed that trailer at comic-con and how they were just celebrating that like we did this like yeah, and and yeah. this is going to be sick and, and the film it was like it was kick ass as well yeah and you know it, it's that thing is to, to be included is to be recognized you know um he would say as you know, being young gifted and black you know um and that doesn't always guarantee that you will get that spot you know, you will be recognised. You will have um, any given opportunity to give that to an audience or to inspire an audience. You know, um, in terms of um, my, my nephew and, and, and other um, people's young children that, that, that watch those movies, there is inspiration. It, and, it's, and it's more than just 
a superhero movie because it's a, it's a level of achievement, you know, um, that you don't normally see, you know, and when you do see it, you know, maybe it's a little bit cheaper. Maybe people could be less bothered with it or whatever, but it was put on the same um, pedestal um, as every other Marvel movie that was coming out and it had to be significant. And the way that they did it, um, you said, yeah, it was totally kick-ass. It was totally amazing. Um, but what now outshines all of that is the fact that he was able to give and inspire, you know, during something he was keeping very quiet, you know? So he was going through some of this stuff while he's doing maybe Endgame, um, while he's uh, given a talk, you know, um, just, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's the heroic aspect to it for me. That's, that's the real, that's the real story right there. Um, and for it to have come from an individual who's had this kind of a journey, you know, and this kind of an impact, it kind of, it, I don't, you know, it kind of, it kind of makes sense that he has, he had that hidden, you know, why should anybody know? No one needs to know. It's like Robin Williams. No one needed to know, you know, but he still gave, you know, um, Alan Rickman, no one needed to know, but he still gave. Um, but for also a black man, yeah, whose career has put him on the same level as, as, as Iron Man and Captain America, you know, and for a, a large portion um, community globally, you know, that have been looking for these, these kind of role models to look up to or to be inspired by. Um, absolutely, an absolutely majestic character, absolutely majestic man. Um, yeah, yeah, so much love, so much love. And he, uh, at, least we st- at least we still have, have him on celluloid you know, mm. or DVD, whatever you want to call it. At least we still have him in the movies. Yeah. And he'll sort of, you know, it's devastating, but he'll continue to inspire forever. You know yes. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's the story. Um, so yeah, our, our hearts go out to everyone that's uh, hurting on um, with that in um, an otherwise very uneventful year. So yeah. Yep. Hey, we're going to take some calls. Details. <laughs> he has been on the sets of The Force Awakens. Solo, a Star Wars story. The, Ra- the Last Jedi and Rogue One. So yeah. um, <laughs> you can quiz him on all that action, I believe. We did have someone in waiting to go. I've just got we've got Jeffro, who we will uh, pull in. If you're watching live on YouTube, the link is in the show notes or in the chat. Hopefully, we will have uh, Jeffro up. He is connecting audio. Here we go. You there, Jeffro? It's connecting. He's connecting. Holy smokes. Here we go. Jeffro, what do you know, buddy? 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> Ask to unmute. I'll push that button, see if that works. There we go. Jeffro! Thank you! Hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm not... I'm not used to actually participating in anything. I'm more a, um, a, um, a sort of behind the scenes, just watching sort of person. So uh, here I am sitting uh, all alone in a house where everybody's sleeping. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that I was actually here for uh, uh, seeing D, even though it is- uh, Hey, good to see you. Good to Sunday, see you, buddy. 8 a.m. in the morning. So, uh, uh, <laughs> So this, is, this, is, this is really random and bizarre for me because I said, I'm, I'm not that good with technology. So I had to install Zoom and then it's saying, oh, do you want to press this and all that kind of stuff? So I can't believe that I'm actually yeah. uh, speaking to you. It's probably <laughs> not even holding the, uh, the phone correctly, but uh, it is what it is. No, knowing my past <laughs> history with anything live streaming, the, the fact that you're here, like, like our lack of talent combined... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the will of the force, Jeffro. Hey, wh- wh- whereabouts are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Ballarat. So um, Ballarat, you know, yeah, Ballarat. You know where that is. There's where is um, that? it's it's about two hours out of Melbourne, is it, Jeffro? That is that is correct. Yes. But there's a uh, a nurse, a little sort of schoolyard chant about Ballarat. It, what is it? Copycat. It's when if you copy someone. Oh yeah, oh, you're yeah, a, you're yeah, a, you're a copycat from Ballarat. Get yeah. the spoon or cop the strap or something like or that. But it, it ends. It yeah. does end with child. <laughs> it does end with child abuse. So um, it's 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 pretty really sad. We then we we then have to sort of drop that and say, well, you know, we're the um, the home of the Eureka Stockade and uh, sort of the uh, uh, the gold fields and such. So. Uh, Anyway, stop getting off our, uh, our dirty What What have you got for us today, Jeffro? Well, I was just interested because I'm, I'm, I guess I can't say I'm such a big fan of uh, D, but I do enjoy the previous appearances that he's been on your show. And right. I just love his positivity and his great stories and, and things like that. So, uh, Dude, um, bless and, you. Bless you so much. It's really good to sort of uh, actually be able to speak to you in person. So that's pretty cool. So um, <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that you are also a big Star Wars fan. So, uh, you know, sort of. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the fact that you actually, you know, sort of was on the set and participated and then sort of you're involved in the fandom sort of um, uh, after the fact, you know, I think that's sort of. It's a bit cliche, but it's like sort of you're giving back to the fans. So it's like, you know, sort of you were there, we weren't, you're sharing stories and, and everything like that. So I think that's really good. Oh, uh, dude, of course, of course. You know, but in my, in my, in my history, m- my introduction to Star Wars was from behind the scenes, watching the behind the scenes footage 
footage that was on TV, you know, from Star Wars to Empire Strikes yeah. Back and things like that, before I saw the movie. So my interest was sealed with the appearance of Jim, Hen Jim Henson and Frank Oz in the making of on, on Empire, you know, when they were making Yoda, because, you know, I was young, I was watching Sesame Street. I knew Sesame Street, I knew The Muppet Show, you know, and so obviously I knew who Jim Henson was. And so that kind of tied that all in for me. Um, and then um, some, you know, and then being a, being a fan from that point of view and then ending up on the set and I'm living the behind the scenes. That, that's a trip, you, <laughs> you know? And so, um, so being able to share that with, with people and try and give them some kind of um, experience experience of my experience you know um yeah. is is the best thing that i can do and 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 also yeah i you know i love star wars man i can talk about this stuff all, all day you know <laughs> so do you, do you see yourself ever trying to get into uh uh any of the other future television productions if they're sort of filming uh there in the uk or how do you think sort of your chances are of ever returning back to that sort of uh um situation again. Ooh, ooh, um yeah it's it's one of these things where there's nothing i feel that i can do and i and i've no, i've not been in a position in any way but after any one of these movies to actually kind of put myself forward um it's just left to it was being left to my boss neil scanlon and if he felt that there was um or, or, or some creatures that were in development that would suit me and I could perform in, then he would ask, um, get his office to call me and find out what my availability was like. You know, so whenever we say, oh, I'm just waiting for that phone call, it is literally that because we can't influence them whatsoever, no matter, no matter what it is, you know. Um, uh, so, so with the new stuff, I have no idea. It, if the same, if the same CFX department are working there, then maybe I've got a, I've got maybe a, a slither of a shot. Um, uh, as far as things like The Mandalorian, which is, oh, dude, that show, man. <laughs> wow. You know, that's that's beyond. That's beyond because I know that's in L.A. Um, the thought of them kind of um, requesting me over there or something like that, that's that's even that's really a, I, a huge stretch not impossible I, but a huge stretch I've, I've thrown up a photo of me and your boss d i'm not sure if you can see yeah that. look at that he um look at that he, he came just after one of our live podcasts finished at scum and villainy right. and right. um he was uh he was a delightful man very nice oh bless him I have, I have, I have my entire Star Wars um, career um, owing to that man, you know. And um, the, 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 every creature that I played was chosen by him for me to play, you know. So um, that's that's just that's just an eternal gratitude that I have right there. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's I I don't know if it, I'm so far I'm so far away from from that. That, that circle right now in regards to them redeveloping things i have no idea what's being made i have no idea what's going into production what isn't going into production what's going to be reshot if it's going to be reshot i have none of that i have no information whatsoever yeah. but you're on um, a you're on a don't call us we'll call you basis 
Yeah, yeah. But also it's just just having one experience is just mind-blowing to be able to look back on. Um, And with the interview still you you were given with Sam, I was being taken back through several different movies um, and I have association to them and I have memories of them. And it's such a... um, blessing of a position to be in to have those memories you know being a star wars fan had no reason to wear star wars stuff (laughs) you know um being a star wars being a star wars fan before um it didn't give me that right to just wear it every day and 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 um uh, still continue to have a poster on my wall you know but it has provided me with just enough love to be able to keep going because I know that I have family associated with those movies, you know, um, in many departments. So, um, uh, fingers across, fingers across, you know, I would never, I would never not be available for a Star Wars production. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to put it in a few riders. <laughs> I, I, oh yeah. I, I sort of wish now you sent me a message. Ah, oh, I can't do the podcast today. Can't say why. <laughs> oh, dude, don't say that. I would, you know, I love you still, but I would still appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. I, I, I do remember at, um, at Celebration in London, there was such a camaraderie with all you guys that were sort of creature performers and, and, and behind the scenes crew that were all, yeah. you know, a lot of people had just gone down there at their own, you know, they've just gone probably bought a ticket. And I remember just meeting all these people that were in the film and everyone was just so pumped and like, so yeah. happy to see each other yeah. again. And I mean, I mean, after Force Awakens, um, there, were, there were quite a few uh, departments, art departments from fabrication to hair punching to wardrobe um, to sculpting to animatronics um, that uh, weren't able to actually put their names out there and say, well, I was a part of this and so on and so forth. And um, I was under the impression that, well, I was hoping that there would be a moment where they could all take the credit that they deserve for being a part of these, these movies. Um, and, um, I had no idea. I had no idea when I went down there to see steel that, um, they were the large majority of them were going to be there talking on panels. You know what I mean? Saying, Oh, well I did this and, and blah. And like, I even recorded some of those, you know? Um, and then after, I think it was after the, after the chat we had, I was running into a few of the sculptors from Ivan to just, Dustin Pitlecki, um, I think Jake Lunt Davies was there, Maria Cork was there, who does Chewy. Um, yes. I was wondering, what, yeah, yeah, we saw it. And, and all it was, it was were big hugs because outside of Pinewood, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's a completely different world. But when you're inside Pinewood, all of these people in all of these departments, they're your extended family and it feels that way you know, and um, they're helping um, create what it is you need to wear um, to um, add your sense, to add the sense of realism and and Star Wars to the production. And um, you're wearing these, 
it's almost like these costumes of responsibility. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and you're jumping into them like a little soul. You're just jumping into them and then, and then bringing them to life. You know? and, and that's something that they could never imagine how it was going to turn out. It's like, well, I make this stuff, but you know, um, hopefully someone will wear it and I'll get a good, I'll get a good bead on, on the realism and, and how it works. And then you've got me in a suit, then you've got people who paint this, paint the skins on these, uh, or the faces. And then you've got people who do the animatronics for the eyes, you know, as a sculptor or someone like Jake Lunt Davies or um, Luke Fisher or Ivan, when you draw these things, you know, it must be a trip to then turn around and see that, that what you've drawn walking about, you know, yes. um, it's got to be freaky. So yeah, there was so much love. There was so much love um, being shared with lots of hugs, lots of hugs. Even you got a hug from Maria, didn't you? <laughs> well, uh, one of my favorite little bizarre Star Wars celebration memories is I think it was you, me and maybe it was Nathan and we were talking to someone about the Wookiee fur and what it was. Oh, and oh the, yes. And I think you just said, oh, let's just ask Maria. And you just tap, <laughs> hey, what, what, what fur do you use on Chewbacca? And she's like, yak. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, this is, this is way better than Siri. This is the lady that did it. I was just like, Star Wars celebration. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, is, is it Jeffro? Jeffro? Yes, yes. Have, have you been to any of these conventions and, and met any any Star Wars people? Uh, only the ones in uh, Melbourne. So I uh, haven't gone to a celebration. I'd love to, uh, but just the costs and the travelling and everything like that. So uh, who did you who did you see in Melbourne? Was it from the prequels? Um, yeah, we've we've seen um, mostly the original actors because uh, Star Walking the, the Star Wars Club here. Uh, brought out people like Kenny Baker and Dave Prowse and oh, um, uh, yeah. Jeremy Bullock and such. So I'm very much yeah. a child of the uh, the 80s and 90s. Oh my God, Jeffro, you are old school. Oh, so, very <laughs> old school. So did you go to <laughs> Force yeah, 2? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, oh, I you could have been um, my friend. I was there by myself. I, I could have been. So uh, I've known people like uh, Shane Morrissey and Darren Maxwell for about 20 25 years. Oh, 30 man. years, probably. I, I, was, I was so mateless at that. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't... And, and I'd see people that knew other people, and I'm like, how, how do they know anyone else? Like, it didn't... Yeah, it was just so, like... I had the best time, but I was very... Um, it was a solo endeavour, for sure. For sure. Right. But right. that's crazy that we were like... Yeah. So that would have been twenty-five years ago. We were they're, in this. We were in the. Yeah. We were in the same room in Moorabbin. <laughs> yeah, wow. abso- absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and I love the story you told long ago, where you uh, referred to Darren Maxwell as Patches. You used to know him as the Patches because <laughs> he had his patches on his jacket. So that was his name, Patches. <laughs> he, this guy, he's hilarious. He's sort of like. Star walkings like Don Rickles or something. He <laughs> he would do the auctions at every fan club meeting, Darren Maxwell. And he'd sort of just just riff like Fozzie Bear or something. And um super 
sometimes super funny, sometimes hilariously not funny, but that was funny as well. And he had this sick jacket because I remember seeing him at a collector's fair for the first time and it was just decked out with all these Batman because he's like a Batman obsessive. He's um, in a documentary about collecting it. And um, yeah, so me and Jackie used to always call him Patches. And um, <laughs> I actually drove him around LA um, about yeah, a year ago. Yeah, he mentioned ago. that. Yes, he was um, uh, very thankful that you were able to sort of take him up to um, all the different uh, locations. Yeah, he mentioned that. Yeah, oh, oh, so, so was that's I. So cool. it, was, it, was so, it was in... It was in solo days because we went to Denny's and because and they all, all the Australians wanted to buy all their plastic cups and. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, D, wh- I took you for a bit of sightseeing when you were in LA. When yeah. D was here, they were filming um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on, on Sunset. And we drive down a couple of times because one side of Sunset, they decked out like whatever, what was it, 1969 or when, you know, when it was. Maybe it was was whenever 2001 A Space Odyssey came out because remember they decked out. Oh, late 70s, isn't that? The Pantages Theatre with that. Remember they had the big billboard for it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We drive down the street and there was like telephone booths and newspaper stands and ye olde milkshake shop a eh? and um and someone a friend of mine posted on their phone that night um being stood um uh, watching them as they were filming so so that day you you know we were we we, we drove down that that street that night they were shooting it was yeah it was totally surreal yeah and then when it came out it was the first film that me and Jackie saw after Harry was born because um, Jackie's mum was here. And so we saved up this special night and we went to Quentin Tarantino's uh, cinema around the corner. It's about like a 10 minute walk, the new Beverly cinema. I didn't know it's he like, had a cinema, okay. Huh? I didn't know he had a cinema. Yeah, he bought it. And it, it's like full old <laughs> school, like, and all the candies sort of like at 80s prices and. Like, and he goes there, or Jackie's seen, I think, Pulp Fiction or something, and he was just sitting there laughing. <laughs> that's awesome. a bit disturbing. But, so we went to see it there, and we went, have you seen it yet, D? No. Oh, buddy. I didn't get to see it, no. Gotta see it, very good. But, um, yeah, I'm going to download that, I'm going to see that, I'm going to watch that. In the film. He's going to download it on iTunes, everyone. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I, just want to, I just want to throw that in. I just, like, <laughs> the, um, in the film, Sharon Tate famously goes to... Um, oh, I can't, the, what is it called? El Paso or something. The, the Mexican restaurant. This is just down the street. She went there for her last meal. And so we went there to have dinner before the movie. And... So then we walk we in there and then it's in the film and then they walk out of the restaurant and at the cinema we're at in the film, they're having a premiere for a porno film. And that's the cinema we're in watching the, ci- like it was like this. Like, oh, in, cause, like, oh, cause you went in before you even knew it was in the movie. Yes. So like, I'm um, <laughs> like, 
I'm like, oh, we're in that cinema. Just there. <laughs> it was it was very bizarre. So I feel like I've got a real life, like, like sort of Back to the Future 2 alternate uh-huh. universe connection to this film. No, I need to see that if I, and see if I can spot the streets that, that we drove down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone else, uh, hang around, Jeffro, if you can. Hmm. But um, if everyone want, anyone wants to call in to um, chat with me, Dee, and Jeffro, the link is in the YouTube show notes and in the chat. Now, Dee, I remember from, we met at that concert the night before Can Celebration. It, yeah. Because Tom Bell, I met him the That's week right. before, and he introduced me to you. And he's your um, what, what what creature were you again? What 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 species is that? Um, Abdurians. We were the two Abdurians in Mazes Castle, and um, we were twin brothers. So I was Cratinus, and he was Prashy. Prashy and Cratinus. What a team! What a team! Oh. And so yeah. I'm, I met you at the, um, at that, I met Sam there as well. And yes, yes. I, I, I was, I was like, come, Hey, I just met you. Right. But we're going to be real good friends in the future. So get on a train, couple of days, come see me. It's an hour away. And then you'll do a, a fake radio show with me in front of all these people. It'll be the <laughs> best fun. And you were quite hesitant to go to yeah. celebration what what, yeah. what was sort of i'm interested because we've sort of been talking all this weekend about our favorite celebration memories and all that sort of stuff but what, what, why first of all why were you hesitant to go i was hesitant because um i hadn't i hadn't been i hadn't done any interviews regarding regarding star wars up until that point you know um and um i think uh I think at some point, I think, I'm not sure if it was before or after, um, an interview had crept in with Jedi News. And um, I'd done an interview with, with is it, um, Mark Newbold. Yeah, I'd done yeah. an interview with Mark, which was, which, was, which was great. And I think that was very reassuring. So I'm not quite sure at what point that happened. I'm not sure if it happened before our interview or, or, um, or after. But during that period, it was kind of like, well... Um, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say and what, and what I'm not allowed to say. But then something happened inside, which is kind of like, well... Incessant you know, text we, messages. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, they might have helped, right? Um, <laughs> I've, asked, I've, asked, I've asked Biggs, but I'm not sure if he's coming. Please, come. <laughs> Well, no, it was, it was this thing where, look, I know Star Wars. I know, I believe that I know what you, what, you, what you are supposed to say and what you can't say and what you can, in terms of what you can reveal and what you can't reveal um, and how in-depth you can go. Um, and I've done interviews before with my band and things like that. And so it was, you know, it was one of these things where, okay, cool. You know, the pressure was, I was like, well, maybe I could do that. But then the pressure was on in terms of it being at a celebration. Like I'd, I'd only been to a celebration briefly, I think 
the year before and I and that was just me being walk just walking through and just seeing what the whole thing was about you know um I didn't get to see any talks or anything like that um I remember buying like loads of little little tiny little things odd things and uh, thing you know you know those kind of like braces you put on your laces you know and it's got a tag on it you know and it, yeah 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 I remember picking up loads of those like I've still got some of those rebel and jedi ones and and things like that so I remember finding those thinking whoa and then it was just like well okay you know you explained to me that there's going to be like a little sand stand and people are going to be sitting there and things like that and um uh, I think Tom had also said look don't worry man it's going to be cool I I did I did a chat with him before and I I think that was it I think I listened to your interview with Tom ah um and then I was like okay maybe I can do this I can do this suck it up I can do this you know and it was um one of the best experiences that I had because of the whole environment. And, um, you know, you weren't asking me questions about like, tell me what happens in this movie. You know, and if you were as playful, but it, was, it wasn't like I was being badgered for anything like that. You What's know? Han Solo um, really like? <laughs> well, you think he's a scoundrel. He's mm. worse, you know? So, so it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where um, something I was really nervous about turning to such a, a fantastic experience, you know, and, and I felt like I bonded with you, man. I felt like I bonded with you on that show because I, I got, I got what you were about. I got, I got your humor. I got um, most importantly that you're just as big as a fan of that as I am, you know? So, so it was like, Oh no, this can work. But yeah, that was, <laughs> Now, you know, and, and just you were talking about that whole environment, that whole thing, and, and the whole production crew were there, you know, um, and the audience that you had was so lovely and just um, interested, you know, it was, it was a great, it was a great day. Yeah, the audience, they make it. There's nothing like doing it in front of a, like a live audience, even like this weekend doing the streams and having people in the chat sort of happy to be doing something live and stuff like that. It's it like the, the feedback you get back, like when, yeah. when you're like in front of people, it is, oh man, it's, it's the best energy. And yeah. you know, that's sort of the thing I miss of celebration. It's just, you're like, even if you're at home watching on the live stream, like you're pretty excited nonstop for four days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's me. I'm watching it on the stream too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did Anaheim 2015 on the stream because I was back in Australia. And I, I felt like I had a real good time. And yeah. all I spent money on was, um, I think, KFC. I think I was just eating that <laughs> and, and, and watching the live stream and just every, just milking every little YouTube thing I could find of it. It is was, that, um, is that the Anaheim one where they revealed BB eight for the first time? Yes. Ah, yeah. Did you yes. see that Jeffro? Did you see I, that? Uh, I remember watching the replay. So um, yeah, I mean, it was a very memorable moment. Uh, so different from anything we'd seen before. So uh, yeah, absolutely. That was a groundbreaking sort of uh, video. That was epic. It was just mm-hmm. one of those magical moments and no one saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. I've got goosebumps right now. <laughs> you know, I didn't see it coming and, and out rolls BB-8. Just, oh, just. Well, 
when I think back, what I love about it is like, I am pained with cynicism and because most of the time, like when I'm talking to you, I'm talking about star Wars that that, like, I'm still cynical about star Wars, but not as much because I'm also reverting back to 12 year old excitement. Right. Yeah. And the thing I love about BB eight is the way he's revealed, he smashed my cynicism. He just rolled through it. <laughs> because I saw that trailer, like the first trailer before Celebration. I think it was like the Thanksgiving one. And he's rolling along, you know, going towards the quad jumper or what? Or maybe he's warning. Anyway, he's rolling in Jakku. He's following Wayne Finn. Yeah. And you see it and it's like, well, that isn't realistic. Like how it wouldn't be able to sit up like that. So like why, you know, it's just not real. It's not, it's not realistic. And then, but I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. But it's not realistic. Like that's a bit goofy. And remember the catchphrase of the Christopher Reeve Superman. And it's like, you will believe a man can fly or or whatever. Yeah. That was awesome. When he rolled out on the stage, I was like, oh, I believe. Oh. Like, I, I, I was just, I was so 12. I was like, this is real. It was like seeing R2-D2 and C-3PO at Man's Chinese Theatre in those old documentaries. Yeah. And you're like, yes. they're yeah. real. They're like yeah. robotting around yeah. the streets. Like, this is their day off from acting. And yeah. um, to have the have him roll out i was just like it 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 was so exciting and and i was so stunned by it i remember because jackie was in in america and i was like oh you gotta watch this bb8 thing like it's and she's like oh yeah what and then she she watched it and she was like oh wow that's actually um exceptional yes (laughs) dude it you know um and see like like I'd, I'd, like, I'd seen a few of the different versions that were used in the movie, you know, um, uh, for, for different scenes and things like that. And, and even I was blown away and I'm, I'm still blown away. I think even on Solo, um, behind the set of the uh, saloon where they were gambling, playing Sabak, mm-hmm. um, Matt Denton was sat at a desk and he was he was building um, he was building a few more because I think he was being, sending them over to Lucasfilm, and um, he had the uh, uh, an original BB-8 just sat there, and then I start and as I walked past, BB-8 came with me, <laughs> you know? and 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 um, I'm chatting to this droid, and and this droid is reacting to me, and um, I know Matt's doing that but when bb8 is looking at you keeping up with you and and chatting to you and you're and, and responding to what you're saying that's the only thing that is real at that present moment in time yeah i have no idea what kind of brain you need to make something like that i i i, I am baffled by josh Josh Lee and Matt Denton for inventing this thing and creating this thing. Um, I, you can tell me how it works. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I don't understand that language. 
know, you know, I can't comprehend you. So I don't understand. But when that thing is, when, when that little dude is rolling and he's talking to you, I'm sorry. What that experience you had is always there. I believe it's going to always be there with me. If I see BBA, it's always like that, you know, um, and to get to solo and, um, you know, he's not even in solo, but Matt's backstage. He's working on that while he's, that, that, while that, he's that, in between, that, while he's that, working on his eyes. That could have, sorry, that could have started some really weird rumours. <laughs> What's that? Oh, BB-8's in solo. How does that work? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, Matt was, I think Matt was, was in between working on that and Six Eyes and getting ready to operate um, uh, with Richard Coombs on that. But, six eyes. Um, yeah, at the at the gambling table. What's his name? Ah, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you remember his name? What's his name? Panix. Is that Panix? Ah, uh, I don't. Oh, you I know who look that one up. I, I know who Reyes is. That's that's um. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, and so and you know, and if he's if he if he invented and created BB8 with Josh Lee, you know, and he builds the most sophisticated. Um, head um, with um, with these gyros that as the actor moves it will instinctively blink you know um, let alone where they want to direct the eyes to look like if they're going to look down at Han Solo's cards and, and then look back up and whatever but, I, um, I do have to say that- if, if, if you're just listening to the podcast you are missing a visual feast as details has got his fingers up <laughs> to represent every tentacle eyeball. He's, he's really painting a picture here. It's, um, he knows his creature work and his, and his charades. So um, he's, he's, he's killing it on the live stream. You're doing the visual justice. I'm glad I went to so much trouble to get this live stream thing worked out because you, you, you have mastered the medium, D. That was some great eyeball tentacle work. I salute you. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, um, <laughs> you know, but I have to, I do have to say this, um, that in that movie, that is the best sequence for me in that entire movie, you know? Um, and that is literally because I was offset like everybody else behind the, 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 the set and everything like looking at the big screen and, um, and that's when um, Matt and Richard and Derek Arnold, who's wearing it, were then told, um, okay, now look down at Hans' cards, um, which the eyes, I have to bring the eyes up again, which the eyes did. And then, and then he said, oh, now look away, hand catch him. And then he looks away and he's like, all in one take. That wasn't rehearsed, dude. I'm like, I lost my, I lost my poodoo when I saw that. It was just a totally totally amazing to watch that and that's what they do (laughs) this is the best in the world the puppeteers animatronics that's what they do and i you know i told richard afterwards and richard was so moved but i said that's the best thing i've ever seen in my entire life (laughs) you know because it wasn't like oh let's rehearse this this is you know they're designed to be independent and move but to take direction and be able to follow that and create that, just um, oh, unbelievable. I, I, We've got I, a new person in. Hey, we, dude. Hey, man. <laughs> how are you? 
I think we've got uh, Dallas Wood. How are I'm... you, sir? Hey, Dallas. What's going on, man? Oh, you know, I uh, got finished with work and I saw you had the invite. So I'm like, oh, I'll jump on. Sweet, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dallas Wood from the Bad Motivators. That is, um, it, it is good to see that beard in person. That is. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> you could it, really do some shoplifting with that thing. <laughs> I'm hiding a small family of birds in here. Nice. Is that how you got all? The, is that how you got all those pops behind you? You just tuck them oh, up the beard and. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Chin them out. Chin them out. There's so many more pops than just what you can see. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> um. What, what's uh, Dallas? What, what's your golden celebration moment, buddy? From last time or from just from just from whenever um it's one of two things it's always like the first time i see people i haven't seen in a long time and we only see each other at celebrations anybody in that situation and then for me as a big time collector it's when i find the stuff that i set out to get and i get it naturally not on the second hand you know like walk into that booth and it's not, you know, that's what it caught, like getting those exclusives. Ooh, that's just, the panels are fun. <laughs> the panels are fun. The autographs are fun. But for me, those are my two things that like, I'm definitely yeah. missing out on this year. The, the soothing buzz of a purchase. There's no other drug that can even replica, uh, replicate that kind of feeling. <laughs> also, shopping with I Donald Faison. I, I haven't gotten over fun. picking up a Millennium Folk in a while back. So, I, yeah, I totally, I'm totally there with you, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This last time, though, meeting Billy D. Williams was awesome. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. That's, um, I don't know how you'd be in the presence of such coolness. Like, I, I sort of just missed getting to interview him at the last one on the red carpet thing. And I was like, I was like sweating. I was like, like, this dude is like, what if he's just so cool? Like, I felt like Ralph Mouth's about to meet Fonzie or something. That's, is that a, yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that's a very current reference for all the kids out there. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> so up to date. Hey, so what were you saying? You went shopping with Donald F- Donald Falzon? Faison, yeah, he was in one of the booths I was in in Chicago last year. Oh, tight. Yeah, 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 that was awesome. Like, I didn't bother him or anything, but I love Scrubs, and I was just like, "Can yeah. I get an eagle? Can I get an eagle?" And he was like, "Eagle." <laughs> awesome. oh, I'm a huge fan of Scrubs. Isn't that and a then, great then, show? And then for him to enter into the Star Wars um, realm and, and stuff, it was like, whoa, yes. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of love for Hype Phase on. Alex from Star Wars Explained got a photo on his back, which is some Scrubs reference. Is that the eagle? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he's, he's actually, like... so you didn't get on his back, did you? Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Oh, him and JD, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they do the, he kind of like, JD will ride him. And he goes, eagle. they go, eagle. It's fun. <laughs> um, do you have any questions for D about um, life on the Star Wars set? Yeah, D. How how is just? I mean, it's got to be a balance between sweating in the costumes in the heat when you're in the heat, or and then just being around all that awesomeness. It probably is worth dealing with the discomfort. Is, is that true? Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's that. It's that I'm. It's like um, there's there are a couple of things that I have to be 
vigilant about and the people that are with me um, who provide me with the water and and air some from time to time and stuff like that um, keep monitors on but if you're in one of those foam heads for about longer than 20 minutes um, mm -hmm. what can happen is um, the chemicals that they're made out of <laughs> yeah will have you pass out and you will not see it coming all right and um being very aware of that, I would always kind of monitor my breathing and kind of work out where I'm pointing my mouth <laughs> to, to get as much air out of a costume. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, um, I, would, I wouldn't be using, I'd try and use up as little energy as I could um, in between the takes, mm -hmm. just, so, just so that I can just stay in this costume and I can look around and people can't see your eyes usually. So yeah. I'm staring at everything. I'm just looking at everyone and, 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 and taking it all in. Um, I think there was one scene in Solo where Tom and I are dressed up as gotterites. You might see us for a couple of seconds. We're these ugly little, well, I say we're ugly, but you know, um, <laughs> um, you know, Tom, Tom strongly disagrees about, about the, the creature look of these, these, these kind of like mole-like, characters they're like naked moles and things with these beaver teeth and um there was one scene that we were shooting where we were cheering um cheering on the droids that were having the fight and um this kept going on just take after take after take after take and then as soon as you finish one it's just like okay reset okay now let's go and doing that and i couldn't get enough oxygen in so, so at some point, I just, in the middle of it, just said, stop, 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 stop. I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. And someone came rushing over. To, oh. to Jimmy opened the mouth a little bit, put some air in there. Um, but um, if anything, I would be able to manage that. The heat I can handle. Yeah, yeah. the heat I can handle for a set. I mean, Tom and I were sat in Maz's castle right next to the fire pit. <laughs> oh right? yeah 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 and every oh, yeah. time someone will come over you okay you okay do you need some air um no decent water yeah a little bit of water but the suit was actually protecting me from the heat believe it ah. or not it wasn't melting but the face wasn't melting, but it was protecting me um and then um another thing that i did was for solo i was playing a character called regineer teed he was one of the cloud riders, lizard yeah. face guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were going to be in disguise, um, being part of Emphis Nest. Hey, there's the dude. There he and, is. And so, and so his disguise was like this, sack, this onion head type sack over his head. And I'm like, hang on. So I'm going to be wearing a mask and then we're putting another mask on top. And we're going to be in Spain in the heat, right? Yeah, keep it like that. I'll, I'll describe a little bit. Um, in the heat. And um, then what happened was they designed a frame, uh, a soft foam frame, which was the same shape as that head, which the um, onion sack thing that I call um, was put on top of. And that was uh, out of this really um, fine type of linen, so I could breathe through it. I could see, I could see just about through it. But this main head, under his chin, which you can't see, is a little bit of mesh, which was letting some air in. 
but that wasn't going to be enough for me. So what oh. I then did, I got um, someone in, I got um, Vanessa in fabrication to arrange a tube. So I had a tube about the size of a snorkeling tube. Um, and I could put that in my mouth and, oh. um, and it would lead out over the back. So where that material is on that shoulder, underneath that is the exit point for the tube that I've got in my mouth, right? And so oh. literally I was breathing out of my mouth and this was also helping my eyes. You can't see, but there are a deep blue, um, a blue shade of some form of plastic and there's a tiny little hole um, imprint in those, in those lenses. But if I didn't have the tube in my mouth, they would steam up and I would still struggle mm. to see out of those tiny little holes. Oh, that's like so, when you wear a face mask and sunglasses. It's the worst. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so literally, um, because the only air that's generally in that, in that head is what's coming through that tiny slit in the mouth, a little bit under the chin and through the tiny little holes in the eyes. But if I had, if I just breathed it through that tube, all the air was exiting out over my right shoulder. And so there was no air to fog up that head. So I could literally wear that head for an hour or more. And um, that tube was um, assigned to that head specifically um, because I knew I wouldn't be able to wear that head for long. And I, would want, I wanted to stay in those heads as long as I could simply because we don't get a rehearsal. Yeah. Um, we get mm. movement rehearsals with Paul Casey. Um, oh. And that's not, and that's generally not always with, with those types of heads or in the right type of environment. Um, and so, uh, yes, yeah, staying in that head, staying in that costume meant that I could, I became more acclimatized to how I could see, how I could move, um, what mm. I was, what I was supposed to be doing. And that little, that little box radio on, on the left shoulder there um, was joked to be an, you know, I was joking around and saying it was an iPod, you know, and all <laughs> I'm doing is this Prince, Prince 24 seven, you know, um, and, you and that was the, <laughs> but, but, but yes, wearing those heads, um, it's like wearing the suits. Dude, if someone said to you, look, we're going to put you in a suit, but you're going to be in that suit for about four hours. Not that that was the case for Star Wars, but they said, you're going to be in that suit for about four hours and you're going to be in Star Wars. Um, will you mind? How, how, how you got a problem with that? Or do we need to find someone else? What would you say? No brainer. Yeah. Where do I sign? Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, and, and funny enough, I know people that I, I'd heard stories of people that, um, uh, bailed on wearing um, a stormtrooper costume and that was only for an hour you know it was too uncomfortable and and i have you know i can't imagine what they were expecting it to feel like you know um and at some point it's kind of like where you are and what you're a part of is so much bigger than um how you're feeling constraints or or how or your discomfort <laughs> you know? I, i'm glad you see it the way i see it. i that's how i would be i mean i i would recognize my discomfort but so much greatness is going on i've i've just got a you know totally hey, jealous uh, man d this is like you went to spain to film this yeah 
what was it like? Because normally you're like, I presume you just travel from home every day normally. Yeah. Do you live close enough to, yeah. What was it like to go on a little Star Wars excursion to Spain on a plane? Like we are on the plane with other Star Wars people. This sounds terribly exciting. <laughs> sounds great to me. <laughs> look, look, this, this, you know, this was the surprise gift that Neil kept giving me, you know, and it started with The Last Jedi. I wasn't expected to go to Dubrovnik. I wasn't expecting to go to Croatia at all, you know. Um, and then at the last minute, maybe a week and a half before it happened, it was like, oh, D, you're going or whatever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know um and uh and then and then also with the spain it's just this thing where you're aware that this production you know has has, has deemed you valuable enough to take with you and deemed you um necessary to be over there because i think that's the thing with the visas you have to prove that 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 person is necessary or that person is the only one who can do it type of thing. Yeah. Like an um, extraordinarily talented and. Yeah. Like that's a, it's zero one or something similar to that. So um, Neil could vouch for all of that being the boss and saying, well, this person does this and this. No one know, breathes and- to the side of a poisonous mask like details. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say the poisonous, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. No one is more BPA resistant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no one can survive a costume like that. Um, and 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 some of the some of the costumes are very different as well. But when you're away, the only thing that I kept thinking about, I kept, I'm like, wow, maybe this is what it was like for the original guys when they were taken to um, um, uh, Tunisia. Ooh, Tunisia, yes. You know, or or when they were taken to where did they film? Was it Iceland or Greenland? Vince, Norway. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, so when they were taken to, to Norway, you know, it's kind of it's kind of I'm like maybe that's how it felt for them. And 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 um, I'm thinking about the the, the crew rather than the actors because you think well the actors will be on their private jets or whatever. And I didn't see any of the actors on 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 the plane that we went out. I think they were there earlier got there mm. early to, to climatize or whatever um or later i have no idea but just being on a plane with the, these bunch of people that are all making this movie you know it's just like that's that's like a family trip <laughs> right <laughs> uh, you know and then and then you're all kind of um uh, there's a register taken to get you onto the onto the bus to make sure everybody is allocated, and then the buses will take you to a certain hotel, um, and some of them go to a different hotel that's pretty much nearby. Um, Everyone went to Denny's there. for free food. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, um, and then you're also, you know, one of the things you're told is don't wear anything Star Wars related. You know, because there's some fans over there. Maybe there are a few fans over there, and we don't normally know knowing too much or anything like so, that. So D wears his me, best Spock T-shirt, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, everybody, hey. <laughs> you, know, um, <laughs> you know, and and it's kind of uh, it's it's very very surreal. And then what gets you is that you're going to get a wake up call, and that wake up call is probably going to be at four or five in the morning. You know. Um, and you have to be downstairs by about five o'clock or six o'clock, and we're going to take you up to the set. And and 
it's just whoa. <laughs> I hate the mornings, and having a son has yeah very quickly expanded my ability to get up because I just have to. <laughs> yeah, like I just I don't. It's not like there's no snooze button on 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 the child. Hey, hey, if there is Dallas, can you tell me? Because I would love it. But um, <laughs> so I, like for anything, getting out to get planes and stuff. But Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's it like to get woken up at five in the morning and you're like, like within the first five seconds of you being awake and you're like, I'm going to Star Wars today. What is yeah. that like? I will, I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard enough to get off to sleep because of the <laughs> excitement, you know? Um, and so uh, it can be difficult. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a morning person either, but um, the sooner I can get off to sleep, um, the better, because, because otherwise it's just less hours I get to spend in dreamland. But when that alarm goes off, you know, or I get that phone, that, that wake up call, you know, game is on. And normally I'm, I'm, I'm awake maybe 20 minutes, 15 minutes before um, the alarm. And well, you should. <laughs> but, it's, but it's instinctive, you know, it's that, it's that inner clock. And that's like, man, this is for Star Wars, man. This, is, this isn't for, you know, um, any other reason other than Star Wars. I'm not a morning person. Um, if there's a film that I'm involved in or a TV thing or whatever, it's like, yeah, this is work and, and, and I get it. I'm going to turn up to set, I'm going to do my thing. But it's a different thing when it's Star Wars. Yeah, there is even less worry or concern about getting up at the crack of dawn. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, and bless you with Harrison. I'm, I'm, look, he's gotten so big. I remember seeing him when I, when I came to see you and he, and he was what was he, a week old, two weeks old? Ah, uh, yeah, it would have been, that was one of the thing, first things I did was hang out with you. So it was I, yeah. maybe a month or something, but yeah, he's, um, he's just expanding. He's taking up a lot more room in the house. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. But um, who, who was directing you in um, Spain? Um, in Spain, it was... Um, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. No, ah, and and so is sort of what made the film from that segment mostly that stuff, or did they refilm stuff back in uh, in London? Or we filmed we filmed quite a bit of um, quite a bit of stuff in 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 Pinewood. Like they built like this whole sand section, and you had the blue boards or whatever, which they were going to put the background on. And um, my scenes were quite. Um, seg- uh, segmented, so I, it's not. I couldn't get a bead on how much 
was being added or what was being changed to, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was out in Spain, um, there were things being shot like further down, like where you see the Falcon in, in, that, um, in that movie. Um, we weren't allowed, um, much of the crew weren't allowed to go down there. It was just like the principals are shooting. When they come up, we'll be shooting your next bits and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still curious as to, as to how they managed to piece that together. It's just a work of art and nothing short of, of what we know ILM are capable of doing. So, yeah, I know there was tons of stuff. I know we shot, like there's, a, like there's an overhead shot you see of um, after emphasis is taken down um, uh, Dryden's Dryden's enforcers. Oh, I can't remember what they're called. Maybe they're called enforcers. But after after um, emphasis taken them down, and then there's an overhead shot. And I think I'm bottom left. Um, I know that was Pinewood. Okay. You know. Um, but yeah, you know, there are things like I remember. I remember being out in that desert and and um, meeting a guy called Chaz who who made the the speeders and and the pod bikes and, and things like that. And um, him letting me sit, I remember sitting on one of the, one of those speeder bikes. I sat on it all day <laughs> because it was there, <laughs> you know, it's like, if it's there, you know, no one's using it. Can I just sit on that? You know, and it's, and he would explain to me, he says, Oh, I've got this part. This part's from a, um, a fighter jet. And this part is comes from um, an old tank. And this bit's from a, a Rolls Royce and, and oh, his passion, and 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 I'm taking it all in, and, I'm, and all I'm caring about, all I'm seeing in my head, are trees. <laughs> you know, I'm darting through trees. You know, um, the no trees on the desert, but I'm taken back to that moment, and and it was just yeah, just amazing. Um, we've got a question in the chat from Yet It Is a question for D. Please yeah. forgive me if you've answered this already. Uh, I'm sure you have in some time on a pod, but what was your favorite movie to be a part of? Can you pick your favorite from all your filmatic Star Wars children as they were? I, you know, um, I, uh, yeah, that's, that's difficult because it's all, they're all, they're all based around the characters that I play and, and, each one of those have such a huge amount of love from me, <laughs> you know? Um, it's like picking my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's Star Wars because it was the first. Um, and maybe maybe it's the, the Force Awakens because that was my first introduction with Tom Bell into, into this galaxy far, far away, you know? And from there, things were able to grow and, and, and take shape in, in, in one form or another, whether it was a droid, whether it was an alien, whether it was a pike, you know, it was, it all came from there. And, and had Tom and I done a, a really bad job, you know, um, on The Force Awakens, we wouldn't have had that call back. You know, I don't think they were that desperate for numbers that they're like, oh, we'll have them back. But no, I, you know, and, I, and, and just, I remember every moment of, of being in um, Maz's castle and wearing that costume and wearing that head and 
um, how infectious that character was in terms of lifting the tone and the vibe or in between takes, you know, just sitting there laughing away and me and Tom just bouncing off one another and then someone looking at us quite oddly and, and not being certain if they're scared of the heads or, 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 or finding them funny and then start laughing and, and then everyone starts giggling to a point, you know, and everyone knows where you are. Everyone knows what you're doing. Um, and also while I'm doing that, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, well, there is no other better place to be to do this. This is what this character does. And I'm still wearing their head. So until I take the head off, this is who the character is. You know, um, I wouldn't say it was method, <laughs> you know, but it's, it was that moment where um, you're totally self-aware. You're aware of what's going on around you, um, who's around you, where you are. And also knowing that there are at least three or four cameras trained on you all throughout, um, just in case there's a take that you, something that you do that they can place somewhere or, or wherever. But that was my understanding because I, up until that moment, I've been watching the prequels and the, the, the DVD Blu-rays of, of the behind the scenes, which is the best behind the scenes stuff ever on DVDs ever made because there's just so much of it. Yeah. And they describe how George, you know, says, oh, well, those two people shouldn't be in that scene or something needs to change or we need to add someone to that scene. And they'll take them from somewhere else, put them in, and you wouldn't even know, you know? So I'm like, well, I just got to stay in character because you just don't know what's going to happen, you know? And it was such a beautiful um, sequence and scene to be a part of because this was the first time first time anyone's bringing Star Wars back since the prequels this is the this is yeah. it this is this is this is where we're starting and, and now we're, we're in a cantina with aliens yeah, yeah. is it going to be a boring affair is it going to be a boring affair not if D's in there <laughs> so, you know um so so it was there was a lot of love being given and, and, and being absorbed because of the moment. Yeah. And it was acceptable. It was, be, it was acceptable by production and JJ loved it. And, and my boss, Neil, loved it. You know, um, it was acceptable because a lot of people felt that this is what Star Wars is about. And to be a part of that, that was beautiful. So yeah, The Force Awakens to answer yeah. that question. The, the, the thing about... Mars's castle it's so special because like it's a trope of star wars it's like yeah. you know cantina um yeah. jabba's palace uh even like the nightclub scene in like attack of the clones like yeah, it's yeah. we we love those you know you know even you know i know i know dallas will have my back on this one the cantina scene in um the Mandalorian episode five, the gunslinger, Toro oh. Calican. Yes. All they had to have was R5 in the cantina, and I was sold on that. <laughs> Bad motivator was there himself. Oh. I like how, how, how two wow. of our favorite characters were there inter uh, hanging out together. The Mandalorian. What a magnificent, <laughs> what a magnificent achievement. And, and also, it takes us back to George's original idea of, of, of Star Wars being episodic, you know, let alone the, the saga that we have. You can cut it up into half an hour segments and put it out there. That's fine. But to give us the Mandalorian 
the way that it's being delivered, the way it's being written, the style of the show, the score, it was, I've been addicted to watching that. You know, I, I, it's, the style is, is matches, you know, the way he'll, 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 he'll draw the gun from the hip, um, the way that he just looks and, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely that good cross of a spaghetti Western from Sierra Leone and, you know, you've got like yeah, Kurosawa, yeah. all that vibe, all there, all George's original I, I, ideas, all those vibes I, are there. My favorite Eastwood movie is High Plains Drifter. Ooh, yeah, that's a good by, one. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, for you, that's, you know, and it's got a lot of that in it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and then there's Pale Rider and obviously um, Unforgiven and things like that, but Good, just, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's just this majestic guy. He doesn't need to say nothing. You know, like when nope. he's riding into town, you just got shots of him and people go, <gasps> you know, we're sat at home watching the man long going, oh, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't say enough about that show. I love it. <laughs> if I, you can't tell. Yes. Oh, me too. I, I can't say how happy I am just through sheer luck, will of the force that we're going to go get to see those like this year. It's, yeah. it's just like, and- it fills me with such joy that it's like, it's two months every Friday. got something to look forward to. Going to have excitement. I'm going to be delighted. Ah, oh, the best. But, but then also one of the most magnificent, one of the, one of the most beautiful stories to be told within the Star Wars universe is the story of Ahsoka. You know, um, uh, it's one thing to be a Jedi um, and you, uh, you know what side you're on, you know what, what stance you have, you know what stance the um, dark side has, you know, and there is no in-between other than right and wrong. And she finds that it's very difficult to see the world like that or the, or the people that they interact with like that because there is a lot of gray, you know, uh, mixed up in there. And um, her, how, she's aban- how she feels abandoned and let down by the establishment that she's, she's, been, she's grown up in, you know, to, to find, to, to then walk away from it, you know, um, that story, I mean, I spent, I, when I was over there, I, you know, I was hanging out with Chris Bartlett, who plays Zero in The Mandalorian and, and things like that. I was, I was staying with him and his wife, Rachel. Um, I love them. And um, we were talking to um, a friend of theirs, Sheila, who's like a, an editor. I think she's edited for George Lucas. It was just, it just happened to come up, you know, <laughs> and it's like, what? And, and um, I said, it's a shame that we'll never get to see that other than in the cartoons. And then, you know, Chris says to me, he goes, well, it is Disney. You never know. Next thing you know, as far as I know, he's, he's probably still attached to the Mandalorian. And as far as I know, the Soka's got to be in it, you know? So that, and knowing that her, no, we already know her backstory, if you know the Clone Wars, we know her backstory. So we know where she's come from and who, what type of character she is. Um, and to see that live action is gonna is is literally gonna blow my mind. Literally gonna blow my mind. It was nice knowing you, buddy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> it is like, yeah. I, I sort of, 
I can't even like visualize it. Like it's sort of, I know it I seems, know, right? so, it's, it seems so unrealistic that that, that character will be in that show. Like with those, like, it's just, yeah. um, <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm not like, like the biggest Ahsoka fan, but I, I like mm. her, but I, I just couldn't imagine what it's like if you're ride or die Ahsoka, do you know what I mean? Like last night we had two people with Ahsoka tattoos. Oh, wow. um, what that experience would be like to see someone you love so dearly. Um, sort of start off as a little, I was going to, a little kid, um, a teenager yes. in, in the cartoon. And then she's like a, an, an adult lady in live action. Like that's, um, that's but, but what's sweet. most what's, what's really going to be trippy about it is that it's in the hands of people that gave us the first season. So, so, so there was nothing, nothing more to assume that it's going to be awesome. There's just going to be so much awesomeness on the screen, you know. Um, and whether she's in more than one episode or not, who knows? You know, um, whether it's kind of introducing her to, to go on and do more stuff or whether they've got more stuff to, that they want to shoot regarding her. Um, it just opens that up. But just to see that character, you know, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars and one of the best characters, one of my favourite characters in that is um, Cad Bane. I love Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. If, if I saw Cad Bane, in, in something it would be it would be like a, a boba fett fan seeing boba fett yeah um if someone said to me d we want you to put on that costume and be cad bane i'm not sure what would happen first whether i'd pass out or whether um i would actually shoot it and then pass out um but there's some gray area there i have no idea what would ever happen but uh, you know i can understand the love i can understand that love and passion that they have but for her story, like I, I love Ahsoka, not mad, not really, really mad on her, but I love Ahsoka and, I, and her story is epic. It's epic. All we've had is, is um, the, good, the good versus the bad, the light versus the dark, you know, um, Jedi versus the Sith. Um, uh, to have a Jedi be um, conflicted by levels of, I don't know, emotion and, and, and kind of saying, well, no, it's not, it's not just one way or the other. There are many factors to take in here. That's, that's the story. That's the story. Um, but yeah, I, I, I dig it. I know what they're, I know what they're feeling. I know what they're going to go through. Yeah. Um, Jessica Schroeder, our buddy in the chat says, knowing we're getting live action Ahsoka and I know I will still swoon and squeal like it was a surprise all along when she shows up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If it was truly a surprise, would people have health problems? (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> do you know what I mean like I, I, I feel like it's <clears throat> it, it would be so sh- like it would be so sh- it's like like that's a big surprise do you know what I, I mean like I, 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 I remember when um, like Tarkin appeared in um, in Rogue One and people in the audience were like it was Australia so people were just swearing 
in the audience. <laughs> like you could just see these sw- like I can't I don't want to like send off any alerts, but there was um all the best swear words. Were, like <laughs> all the and, best. And just you could hear them quite you could just hear people around the cinema. It was it was amazing, just this like disbelief. Oh, so, so, I can imagine people I know who love Ahsoka having to see a doctor because it's been four hours afterwards. Yeah. Because yeah. that yeah. condition can't be maintained for four hours. <laughs> yeah. but, 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 but knowing these guys, you know there's going to be a few other gems that are going to pop up that we just don't know about. But that's I'm, I'm living for this show. I'm living for this show. Um... Vince Colt asks, D, do you collect the merchandise that has been made with your characters? That's a good question. Way right there. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All I right, love I'll, this. I'll, I'll point out while uh, D is gone, we've done probably about four um, very in-depth episodes with uh, details. Uh, here's uh, one of them, Tales from the Set of the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, D was the most annoying. D, don't you think D's character in this was sort of like a um... space Karen? Yes, that's exactly what I was going the to say. Space Karen. <laughs> they're parking on the beach. Ah, oh, they're on the beach. <laughs> Those beach parkers over there. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so if you want to check out, I think there's about four um, sort of two hour, D just tells the most marvelous stories and they're all available in full on the Patreon at uh, Steel Wars, patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. And it's three bucks a month. You get all this bonus stuff and you get all the back episodes like that. So a bit of a plug while D gets his collectibles. What do you got, buddy? Ooh. That is nice. Oh, that is nice. This was gifted to me by Martin Keeler from Fantatrax. Um, I have another one, of course. Um, um, but yeah, you know, I have I have figures. I still have figures um, in in the attic. I've got I've got the Infinity figures and the Infinity game. Have you ever have you heard of the Infinity game? It got, mm-hmm. I think, got cancelled quite early on, but it's a beautiful game, absolutely beautiful. I don't know why they stopped, but I collected all the figures, and the first one that I've got to hand is this beautiful lady. Ah, nice. You know, and what you do is, is you you put her on, you put her on this little plate, and um, you get to play play as this character. So any of these characters, any of these um, uh, figures that you have, you can be any of these characters in this game. So if you're a Soka and you've got two lightsabers, you're, you're playing with two lightsabers. Um, if you're this dude right here. Heard about him. Luke Skywalker. Then you Not get to famous. play with him. And I've got, and I think I've got all of them. But they're dotted around the house, <laughs> you know. Um, but yes, I um, I stopped collecting um, Star Wars figures um, somewhere in my teens, and 
then I had no reason. I had no like, like I had no reason to to wear Star Wars stuff. I had no reason to to um to collect any more stuff, you know. Um, but then Force Awakens comes along, and um, with Force Awakens, I had to make sure that I I picked up um this little fella. Nice. You know, um, that's the Sphero, correct? Yes, yes. Um, beautiful, amazing little thing. Um, I still need to pick up the R2, R2 one. I love you mean R2. this one? And the leg comes down, right? Oh, yeah. You gotta like, yeah. uh, when you control it with your phone, it comes down. Yeah, right. yeah. Don't, 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 oh. get in a, don't get in a product battle with Dallas. You will, <laughs> you will come off weeping. You'll be like, oh, 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 oh. I'll beat you right now. I have Lando in a religious candle. <laughs> <laughs> and he has Vespin on his chest. I'm just saying, I'm a big Lando guy. Me- meanwhile, I've got um, the Shockmaster. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 since being in some of these movies, it's kind of um, spawned, uh, it's reinvigorated my my passion for for these figures but those infinity figures they're sculpted so beautifully um there's no way i could not collect those um uh i've got the lego figure i've got the lego figure yes nice yes he um quaytol site he remains in my like in my star wars crew jacket there's a pocket on the shoulder there and he's forever in there that's where that's where he lived um but yeah yeah and like i said i mean i picked up some vintage stuff. I picked up a speed of a speed of bike. Wait right there. Wait right. Oh. Should I, should I bring back the shock master in the meantime? Man, he is oh you know, like here's his boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh look at that. Ah nice. That is OG. I am all about that. Oh man. Right, you like that? Oh right. I love it. I remember getting it and it didn't come with the Ewok. Oh, hang on. That is nice. All right. For those on audio, D has just busted out a vintage Return of the Jedi boxed Millennium Falcon. Wow. He's got me, man. He got me. I only have Jabba in the box. The odd thing is it's Return of the Jedi box, but the photo is Empire Strikes Back. It is. That is there's that. Lando in his like vinyl cape. Oh my stars! Ooh. What a piece of plastic! Fantastic plastic. Do you know that the bizarre thing about those Kenner box toys is like they were all made in China, but quite often they were actually boxed in Cincinnati. Yeah, oddly, it's. So strange, but so quaint when you see photos of them putting like the X wings in the like the plastic thing and doing the ties and stuff. I was like, like someone like, oh, your mum works at the toy factory. <laughs> like, that would that, that would just yeah. be amazing. Hey, D, we've got a couple of people asking the same question. We've got Kieran Dodrell, and I believe. Matthew Thurban. 
Um, wanting to know if you were at all involved in episode nine. Unfortunately not. That's, that's why I got to hang out with Steel. While they were filming that, I was in LA. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't, don't say it was, don't like, no, don't bring me into it at all. Like, don't, well, no, don't, it was, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't You, you didn't take that. one for the team for me or anything like that. Like, oh, no, oh no, 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 I'm not, should, I'm not, I, should I see Steel and his new child? They called him up and they're like, hey, can you come do Rise of Skywalker? And he was like, I gotta hang out with Steel. <laughs> It's going to be tough. Yeah, he's, he's got a newborn, man. Harrison. Dude, dude, if you did that and I found out and you knocked on my door, I'd just be like, get out! Get out! <laughs> you went against everything I believe in. No, no. It's like um, they've been filming that. They've been filming that for, for a few months and you kind of get an idea, depending on how long a film has been going on, whether they're going to need you or not. You know, like um, at some point they kind of say, well, we're not sure, we're not sure, we're going to see. And then um, after a period of time, when they've worked out what they're making and, and who can fit into those things that they're making, um, et cetera, that um, you get a clear enough picture as to whether they're going to need you. And then I had it clarified because I know my agent got in touch and thinking, well, don't you want D? <laughs> you know, you just had him on solo, you know, and I'm saying, oh, not this one. Um, we don't have, um, we haven't built anything for in for his for his um, size or anything like that. And so that was one of those moments of like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> and and um, um, what did cheer me up was the fact that I did go to LA and I was hanging with with Chris, um, Chris Bartlett and his wife and and and. Uh, Chris was just, you know, in the middle of filming bits and pieces for The Mandalorian. So it's just like, whoa, dude. And, you know, it's a big deal. And, and my heart, I have a, big, a huge place in my heart for, for, for Chris because he started out by making these costumes just to entertain children, you know, and the costumes were so pristine, you know, and the costume would be C-3PO. Mm -hmm. And then Lucasfilm would find out, found out about it eventually and then had him appear when um, Anthony Daniels couldn't appear, you know, because um, he had the suit. And um, obviously he got to meet Anthony Daniels and, um, and worked out that relationship. So whenever Anthony couldn't do it, then Chris would do it. And that for me was just, wow, to finally be recognized by Lucasfilm. And you hadn't even set out to do that. It's just because of the love that you have. Um, for for Star Wars, which has gotten you to this point, and then um, for him to land the, in uh, the Mandalorian, it is just um, unbelievable to to watch and to be around someone whose dreams were literally coming true. Um, so I got to experience experience a little bit of that with with um, with Chris, and then I got to come and see Steel. I got to come and see Steel and and family and um, made a trip also out to Lucasfilm. <laughs> it, was, it was like a pilgrimage, man. It was just like, oh, it was like Mecca. It was just like, had to go there, had to see um, the Yoda statue outside, but then taken on the tour. They took me on this tour for, um, if, I don't know, maybe it was a, a few hours. They took me on this tour. Um, saw the, the cinema inside there. They showed me all the stuff that they were working on, like, um, bits from Captain Marvel, which hadn't come out yet, and all kinds of stuff. Um, 
and I got to see, oh, I got to see like one of my childhood um, uh, moving moments kind of thing. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I got to see the little um, figures that they used in Batteries Not Included. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah, I have so much love for that movie. You know, as a kid, it was just like, it blew my mind when they were just little ships. But then when you realize that they had cities inside them, that was just like, boom. And the, from the smallest, cutest one to the biggest one. And even there was a sad moment, like I think one of them kind of might, might die in the movie. I'm not spoiler alert in there or anything, but it might, might have died. And I remember that being quite emotional. Um, but I got to see them in their little casing. And that was like, that was, that was the thing for me. That was amazing. I, and it was Brian Sims and Margaret Mays um, that took me out there to, to, for that experience. I'm friends of Richard and Sarah from Skywalking Through Neverland. But that, my whole trip to LA was, was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Awesome, man. Um... Normally, we at the end we ask what what you're looking forward to the most, but I feel like we've already talked about that. Mandalorian, oh, give us a month. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, I was watching something not Star Wars related. Um, I how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> See, so I said I said I'm not Star Wars related. Uh, that blew me away. Um. The only other thing that's that's, that's blown me away because it's just something really off off tilter is is the boys. Oh, I haven't that? seen oh, that yeah. yet. That's a good show. You should check it out. Ooh, ooh, yeah. As far as superheroes and and in a world like Watchmen, in a turn, in a world of reality and a, and and just what if the scenario? It was just like whoa, and. I, yeah, after watching that, I then had to get back into The Mandalorian because that was really heavy and that was just really trippy. So yeah, um, Mandalorian, it can, still comes back to The Mandalorian. There's, I, and it's going to be like one of these TV shows where I don't want to know anything about what's coming. We know, we know Ahsoka's coming at some point. Um, but, you know, just as like Lucasfilm always do, they don't tell you nothing. They don't <laughs> tell you nothing and I don't want to know. I didn't know anything about the Mandalorian, and I sat with every episode like this. <laughs> the Just, best, and, and, yeah, and it's Star Wars, man. Mm-hmm. That's the good action. That is the good action. So, how um, we will sort of uh, wrap up because I think we've almost did about two hours pretty nice. soon. But um, how was it after being? involved with you know the first four of the disney star wars films to to watch this one from afar how how did you how did you deal with that i I feel like you deal with things far better than i i i I might (laughs) i might pine a little bit but but how was that to sort of um be out of the bubble i got over my pining um during the first yeah during the first couple of months um knowing that my family are working and, and, and I'm not there, you know. Um, but then when I got to see that movie, I then thought to myself, you know what? It's the last one. There's no way I would have really wanted to know what was going to happen in this movie. 
you know, um, even as far as whatever scene that I could have possibly been in, you know, um, to know absolutely nothing um, and watch this movie, I'm watching it and I'm like, there's a surreal part of me that's kind of like, you were you were a part of this story in, in, in a few different little ways. You're a part of this. And, and I, could, I couldn't quite, but can't quite believe it when I'm watching the movie because I know nothing about it. I have no association to it. Um, I can't identify, um, I could identify one or two, but I, I couldn't identify who was in what suit. So I was really, really um, distant from it in, in that regard. But uh, it was beautiful not knowing what was coming and, and just seeing how they were just going to round it out and, and finish off this saga. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was a completely different experience. It's very surreal because not being a part of it, it's just like, well, were you a part of all of them, a part of any of them, you know? And I could always kind of question that because it's so surreal. Mm. Um, yeah it was it was nice to be able to watch it and not know anything you know anything like even like a split scene that has not that you don't know anything about anyway but i knew nothing see i, I knew you'd handle it better than me i i, I would have been like <laughs> out the front of the studios david brent style sort of um just hanging out at the old work uh d <laughs> It's always the best to talk to you, buddy. It's it's never not a good time. And um, I so appreciate your friendship. And I know everyone else, yes. uh, as well as me, appreciates the enthusiasm and you, how you do share your experiences with everyone. And um, like in the, um, the chat, you know, tons of people are saying this is, you know, what I needed and you know this is you know just we need some details so, lots of love um, to people in the chat lots of love to all the people in the chat lots of love to you guys Jeffro and Dallas thanks man um D where can the good people of the internet uh follow your adventures I'm on Instagram as digital underscore star I'm on Facebook um you can recognize my page because there's always Daffy Duck in the profile um and i'm on twitter i'm on twitter as details so yeah i'm yeah i'm, I'm not that hard to find <laughs> nice jeffro have you got any uh any social media you want to plug buddy uh not really so um otherwise uh the only thing i've got is a um a facebook uh page called talk nerdy to me so that i do with uh uh, a couple of uh, Star Wars nerds, Darren Maxwell and uh, Peter Sims. But uh, other than that, uh, that's that's about my involvement. Nice. Good crew. Good crew. Say hi to those guys <laughs> next time you talk I, I to will. them. I'll name drop you on uh, Wednesday when we have our next uh, broadcast. Please drop it. Please <laughs> drop it. It's a very tough name. It can handle dropping it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I'm teasing myself now for my silly name. Dallas Wood. The bad motivators, one of my favorites. Oh, Tell yeah, the good people where to track you down and uh, listen to your show. Uh, my show is at the the bad motivators. You can find it anywhere on. You can find your podcasts, and you can find me on Twitter at Tarkin Tangents. And uh, yeah, Black Lives Matter, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hi, and here, here. Um, tomorrow, if you're around. Um, probably around the same time, maybe a little bit later, we will put up 
a premiere of an enhanced episode of Star Wars Year by Podcast. It's the podcast that Horst Burkhardt from the Blue Harvest Podcast and I do, where we go through Star Wars history. And uh, if, if you watch it on YouTube, there's um, I spend way too long coming up with images that will inform and hopefully also make you laugh when they, they turn up. Um, lots of talk about good old days in McDonald's for some reason. It's, it's, <laughs> give it up for Carl, our favourite employee. So um, I think me and Hawes are going to get in the chat and, and chat and, and muck around while we do that. So if you uh, are around and I know people were sort of in a mood to sort of interact with other Star Wars fans this weekend. So uh, check that out. The If you come back to my page, it's, it's Steel Wars on YouTube. There'll be a, like it will be, like tonight there'll be a thing where you can schedule it or whatever and then you can come to the premiere also if you're in a uh, a t-shirt purchasing kind of mood we have got pre-orders going for a rerun of the yubnub t-shirt and we've got the new the child the yodi hawk which is um a throwback to my favorite ever skateboard graphic of uh of tony hawk where i have uh i've changed it there that's some sweet photoshopping i'm not sure if you guys can Uh, see that no it looks real (laughs) it's um i it should because i spent way too long on it It i had to like i was so desperate to make it so his rails went over the graphic and stuff so um so that's all up at merchostore.com i want to say to everyone in the chat thank you so much thanks uh to d thanks to jeffro thanks to dallas for joining in thanks to everyone that um hit us with questions and um this has been so fun i i I really appreciate it and uh, what can I say? But may okay. that force, force be with you. With you. <laughs> <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.